Jewish Money Matters, episode 325, Ask Yael. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. This is Ask Yael Friday, where I get to answer your questions. This week, we have questions on MICER, on savings accounts, and on getting started managing your finances, particularly with setting up systems. But first, a quick a quick recap of the week. I've been getting a lot of wonderful feedback on the episode with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, as well as the episode with Dr. Jonathan Donat. Um, if you still didn't catch those episodes, I highly encourage you to do so. Also, this week, we heard on the show from Marla Letitia, known as Nanny Bubby. She's been a guest on the show before, and she's always a real treat with her enthusiasm for life. And she's got a message for those in their older years, what she calls the long life era about living life. And, you know, I would say it's a message applicable to all of us, no matter the decade we're in, because, hey, we're all hoping that we get to that long life era, or like Marla reminded us, till 120. So go ahead and catch that sweet conversation with the lovely Marla Letitia. That was on Monday. Now I want to head over to your questions, because one of them is actually not even from this week. Uh, It's from two weeks ago. And this episode was definitely long overdue. I apologize for the delay. Um, What was the delay about? Oh, yes, I've been having a lot of um, just simchas and things to prepare for my friend's bus mitzvah and a lot of guests. And yeah, there's been a lot of good things going on. But you're not here for that. You're here for (laughs) your money questions. So let's tackle those. Our first question is from Rachel on Instagram. And Rachel asks, Yael, what are good resources to learn from if you have no systems set up for money, budgeting, etc.? Great question, Rachel. And I'm glad you're thinking of how to get your finances organized and systems in place. Of course, you know, I'm going to recommend this podcast because so many of the conversations with guests, as well as the Ask Yael episodes help you you know, get the the tips and the tricks and hear how it's done and hear that it is done, that others do it. And it normalizes in your mind the need for systems and for managing your money. So it's like, you know, the small reminders that shape your mindset so that you set up the systems and you stick to them. So that's a plug for listening to the show. Additionally, you will also find a lot of guests' works that might be helpful. Their work might be helpful to you as you're embarking on this journey. In fact, two that come to mind, well, three. First is Ashley Feinstein Gersler's work. Uh, She is the creator of Fiscal Femme, and she's the author of two personal finance books, and she's been on the show twice. One of those books, her most recent one is Financial Adulting. She was here on episode 242, where we talked about that book. And she was also here on episode 83. Gosh, that sounds like many, many moons ago. And yes, it was. (laughs) Um, 
And then the other guests with a great resource who come to mind are Emily Guy Birkin and Joe Salcihai. They also have a great book that will help you get started. They've been together on the show. They are the authors of Stacked, Your Super Serious Guide to Modern Money Management. So that's also a great resource. I mean, so many of the guests, but these are just two that come to mind that will be relevant to, you know, what what you're asking me about. I will put the links to those episodes and to those books in the show notes for you, Rachel. And, and all the listeners. Now, some additional tactical advice regarding starting up with your systems, etc. I would start with recognizing that you will have a need for a bank that offers sub accounts. This is something we've mentioned in the show several times. Um, and this is because this will allow you to have different goals in different buckets. So for example, a bank like Capital One, which has what they call a 360 account, which offers sub savings accounts or maybe Ally Bank. But if if you can't, if you can't find those banks or for whatever reason, you, you know, maybe you're not in the United States or whatever it is, just do whatever you can to be able to have different buckets towards you, towards which you allocate your money. Okay, so think about it in buckets. So one account or one sub account or one bucket for your MICER, for example, your MICER money, your tithes, one bucket for your opportunity fund or what the personal finance space tends to call the emergency fund, um, and perhaps different buckets for other short-term goals. You should also have your investment buckets, right, for those long-term goals, which we've talked about so many times on the show. You mentioned a budget, Rachel, and yes, that is important because that will allow you to decide how much money you can put into those buckets each month. And what I would do here, honestly, Rachel, if you've never done this and, you know, the, the word budget sounds really overwhelming, um, I, I'm not going to make it super glam- glamorous, but I, I really think it's the best way to get really clear and comfortable with your numbers is to make a date with myself and my money, maybe a few dates, and open up a spreadsheet, a Google sheet or an Excel doc and Excel sheet, and first start with putting down my income. And then listing all the things where the money needs to get allocated, starting with MICER, right? Then all the other things that must get paid, the mortgage, the student loan, the life insurance, the car payments, the tuition, I don't know, whatever those big things are that just they need to happen, right? And this will give you a very clear big picture look of what what is the amount of money that you are now free to allocate towards other things of perhaps a more variable nature or more optional nature, right? They're more more like your wants, right? Not the stuff that needs to happen no matter what. Like, like um, so these would be things like your Ubers, your restaurants, you know, other more flexible things. And, and so this will give you a sense pretty quickly of whether you actually have money left over after those fixed expenses, those things that must be paid after those are covered. It will it will give you a sense of whether after that you have money not only to use on all the other things you want to, but also to allocate towards those buckets, those savings goals. And then what you would do is you would prioritize putting a portion of that money into those savings goals so that it goes there and you don't spend it elsewhere so that you actually get it done. And if you can, you would automate that payment into paying yourself, right? So that you don't even have to think about it. Otherwise you would do it manually, but you would try to do it as soon as your money comes in, just like we would take MICER as soon as our money comes into our bank account, we would pull out our savings or investments um, right away so that they actually get done. Now, of course, 
if you start listing all of your fixed expenses or your must be paid expenses, and you realize, uh oh, I have no money left, even for the more variable and less, you know, a more optional stuff, let's say, let alone for savings, then you've you've now identified that there's a challenge where your expenses are higher than your income. But see, having that spreadsheet really gives you that clarity because sometimes we assume, right? We just really have to look at the numbers. So if that's the case, now you can start seeing where do you need to find the money to cut from, right? Like where can you cut from? And of course, the easiest place to find money to cut is, you know, variable, more optional things, variable things that are non-essential, we like to call them. And, you know, some of these might be subscriptions that maybe you're not using, restaurants, etc. right? And I think all of this will make a lot more sense once you've actually opened the spreadsheet and started putting all the numbers, once you've laid it all out on a spreadsheet. Uh, spreadsheet. And don't make yourself crazy if you don't have it all to the, to the you know, to exactly to the cent. You first need to get a general idea of what you make, exactly how much you make, and how it's allocated so that then you can see how much you can redirect towards your savings and investment goals. Now, you might not be able to have your expenses to the T, but you still, this exercise will already give you a very, a pretty accurate general picture of, you know, how much do I actually have available to myself after I've paid for the things that need to get paid. And of course, now you work backwards because you know that you really need to pay yourself into those savings goals. So, you know, but first get clear on where the money is actually going right now so that then you can decide how much you're going to put into savings. Okay. So I hope that makes sense, but do take a look at those books and listen to the show. I hope you continue listening. And, and I hope that things will start clicking and making sense. And again, there's so many episodes where we've talked about these type of things. So I think it will start clicking. And, you know, also, if we're new to this, we have to be patient as well. You know, it takes listening, it takes becoming familiar with the terminology, you know, again, normalizing this type of, um, you know, behavior, money management, right? So good luck, Rachel. Let me know if you have any questions as you're embarking on this process of setting up your systems. And by the way, you should, you should, let me know that you have questions like if you're really engaging in this process of managing your money for the first time it's inevitable that you will have questions along the journey so don't hesitate to reach out happy happy to help okay the next question is from adina via email and she says yeah i received an offer for a high yield savings account from betterment offering 4.5 percent interest rate should i take it thanks adina it's funny that you ask because i have the same account that you sent to me um, (laughs) that you told me about. I have a few of them actually for my business savings, for my opportunity fund savings, for another one for one of my short to medium term goals. This is is so so it's money that's not invested is sitting what they call I think they call their cash reserve account. This is a great time to mention to everyone listening that if you still haven't put your savings somewhere that pays you around 4% or more, you probably should. Obviously, as we've talked about before, you want to make sure that the bank is has FDIC insurance, plus that it meets your needs for, you know, whether it be flexibility, low or no fees or whatever else, else you need. But yes, we should all be taking advantage of the higher interest rates. And I think I think if Betterment offered you this, it might mean, Adina, that you already have an investment account with them, because I think that in order to have this cash reserve account, as they call it, in order to have this with them, you have to have an investment account uh, with them already. For those who don't know, Betterment is an online robo-advisor. We've talked about them on the show before. This is not sponsored, but it's one of the many platforms out there. 
So it serves primarily as a place where you can park your investments. Uh, you can invest your money. Uh, but as Adina mentioned, they also allow you to park your savings at a pretty ni- nice interest rate at the moment, 4.5%. I believe Vanguard also has an account um, and you might have to be using Vanguard for investments to get access to it. I'm not sure, but I believe they're offering 4.25% for Again, parking your cash. But there are others. Look online, take a look at Nerd Wallet, Investopedia. Those sites will give you a list of the different high yield savings accounts and what they're actually currently paying in interest. And then you can look at those institutions and see if they meet your needs. And of course, FDIC insurance, very important. But I would definitely encourage you, Adina, and anyone listening to yes, take advantage of the higher interest rate for that money that is liquid, that we want to keep liquid in the event of an immediate immediate need. And Adina, to your question, um, it seems like you already work with Betterment, then I wouldn't hesitate to I mean, if you're happy with them, with the platform, I wouldn't hesitate to put uh, my opportunity fund or, you know, something of that nature, you know, in that cash reserve account at 4.5%. I also like the idea that this money is more um, at a distance from from me, right? It's not from, it's not where I bank regularly. So it's not close to my checking account. You know, sometimes we need to create that distance. So the savings really, the money is just getting channeled towards the savings and we're not depleting the savings um, because, you know, we saw or found something that you know was glittery and shiny um so that's that's that's, those those are all good things all right keep me posted adina okay last up is our friend nahama on instagram who asks when owning a business is meister taking out taken out of the total revenue and then out of the boss's paycheck Great question, Nahama, and I'm glad you brought it up because this can be confusing. No, we do not take MISER from the revenue. We only take MISER from the boss's paycheck, as you call it. Yes, that would be considered profit, and you would take MISER from it. MISER is taken from profit, not from revenue. And as the owner of the business, if you distribute profit to pay yourself a salary, then yes, that now becomes your personal income and you would take MISER from it. So don't take MISER twice. Do not take MISER from the revenue the business makes and then from what you're paying yourself. And I'm very happy that you're paying salary yourself. It's very important. And yes, only take MISER from what you're paying yourself from the boss's salary, as you call it. Thanks for the questions, Rachel, Adina, and Nahama. And thanks everyone for being here. Uh, be sure to leave a review and rating on your podcast app, on your Apple podcast app. It really is a very helpful, it's very helpful to the show. I didn't pick a review of the week this week because I didn't see any reviews, but hopefully, or any new reviews, I should say, we have hundreds of reviews and thank you, thank you, thank you. I so appreciate them. Um, but I, there wasn't any new review that I think that we haven't highlighted here before, but hopefully by the following Ask Yael, there will be new reviews for me to select. And my goal is really to select a review every Friday and that that person will win a 20 minute phone session with me. So go ahead and leave those reviews. They really help the show, like I said. And no, we won't be together next Friday because it will be Shavuot. But I will be here Monday with you. And of course, you can and you should continue to send in your questions and I will answer them after Shavuot. Have a Shabbat Shalom.